In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Christ is risen. It is wonderful to be with you after the resurrection. It's interesting that it's only a commemoration, but there is such a joy that comes from the feast. And it's represented not only liturgically in our hymnology and in our practices, but you feel people are genuinely joyful. Uh, They rejoice in it. And I think it is a very stark reminder that Christ is risen. Now, of course, he, he is risen. But we sometimes don't remember that. We sometimes get so caught up in our day-to-day lives that Christianity becomes this generic uh, experience that we have and we forget the particulars of it. The particulars of it are that we are so loved by God that he, he decided to take flesh, to be incarnate, to come and to save us. And to make that happen, he went through the cross to the resurrection rose and now he's raised us all so it is really really joyful and the one thing that we really must realize out of this joy is that we need to feel that in him we are victorious there is a lot in this world to drag us down there is a lot in this world to to try to harness our energy or to even sometimes diffuse our energy You know, how many times have you been in situations where you might be happy about something or happy to to make an effort towards something or be excited about something and suddenly something just brings you down, someone brings you down. That bubble is burst. And that's exactly what the world does to us sometimes. When we want to live rejoicing in the resurrection, rejoicing in our faith, things bring us down. But remember that we are, as St. Paul tells us, more than conquerors. Because our Lord, our Savior, has conquered even death, which was the one unconquerable thing. Now, of course, there were accounts in the Old Testament and the New Testament of people being raised from death. But no one had ever raised himself, because God had not come before. And so in that resurrection, there is absolute victory for us all. And that's why, um, you know, one of these very, very antagonistic, challenging verses that I love in Scripture is from the first Corinthians, uh, first verse of the Corinthians chapter 15, where St. Paul says, O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? What have you done? What have you really conquered? What have you really accomplished? Now we need to take this as a lesson for life generally. We will be challenged at times. And I think the most important difference to remember when we're challenged is to look at what we sometimes call the end game. The actual end of the road. Um, When we deal with each other, You may have little skirmishes, little disagreements, uh, little problems, and you'll think the world has fallen apart. This is it. And even if we are perceived to have been defeated, if we are perceived to be weak, unsuccessful, failed, it's a real chink in our armor. 
we, we feel that, you know, God, where, where are you? And his lesson to us is unforgettable. Don't forget the cross. Because, you know, for, for about a week, people thought they were really strong. And for about three days, they thought they'd won. But then the surprise came that they actually hadn't. Yes, I was crucified. Yes, they saw me die before them. But although I gave them hints, although I talked to them about the temple being destroyed and rebuilt in three days, although I said that I was the Son of God, although I gave them all of those hints, they did not for an instant count on my ability to rise from the dead. And that's what happened. So I will test to us, it doesn't matter. Yes, you will feel defeated sometimes. You'll feel deflated sometimes. You'll feel that someone has gotten his or her way. But our victory as Christians is far, far beyond that. It is more important, more significant, and indeed more powerful than that. Because it is a strength against the very essence of evil itself. It is a strength, a power against Satan. That not only holds him back, but actually conquers him. And so in doing good things, we will be challenged. In the world, we will have tribulation. They will hate us for his name's sake. So many things will happen because we decide to be believers and live as believers. So many things will happen because we choose to live a Christian life. So many things will happen because we continue to witness to our faith. And in the face of not only religious challenges, but challenges of atheism and secularism, challenges that tell us that we not only have the wrong faith, but because we have faith, that is a delusional insanity in and of itself. And they will sometimes look like they've won. They'll sometimes appear to have got one up on us. You know, what about this and what about that? And why does God do this and why does God allow that? And it's just single arguments. And then we get this view of, yeah, but you know, Christianity is failing, the church is failing, um, we are no longer relevant, etc., etc., etc. And it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy sometimes because we think that we're actually defeated. We think that our message is no longer important. On what basis and with what proof? We see people witnessing on a daily basis because they understand that they are victorious. Why do people continue to live their faith around the world? To live the Christian faith, although they are persecuted. Why do you continue to live your Christian faith here in Britain or in any Western context when you face challenges and you're told that you're just being absurd? What does it matter? Why is it important? What are you talking about? How could this possibly make any sense? But the victory in Christ 
and in his resurrection is that which gives us that sense of understanding. That sense of power, that sense of commitment, that sense of, of purpose. What is our purpose in life? We sometimes look at life and we consider that it's about um, our careers and our families and our relationships and all of those things. And partially it is. But is that what gives us a sense of victory? The victory we have is from the joy that cannot be generated from this world. We have lots of joy in this world, and it's good. And God has made it in a way that we actually celebrate it. And we love it, and we are moved by it and satisfied by it. We're supposed to love this world. We're supposed to love living here. But what we are not supposed to do is love it above and beyond the kingdom of God. We are supposed to be faithful stewards in this world, but not at the expense of losing our eternal life. We are supposed to be successful in this world, but not at the cost of failing spiritually. And the cross is the most important, most significant, most powerful symbol of that. You know, you've heard this before, but it just, it, it strikes me that the cross really should be something we're trying to block out. Um, I remember in the monastery that there was, um, there was a monk who was quite problematic. He was very difficult. And um, it transpired that, that he became so difficult that he left the monastery. Uh, thankfully, it's only one story I've heard in decades. But the abbot of that monastery would not give any novice coming through the name of that monk because he just didn't want to remember the experience. Because the name itself was traumatic. You know, how many times have you had a bad experience somewhere where you think, I don't want to go there again. You'll avoid a street because something happened on that street and you just don't want to be reminded of it. So why on earth would we have the cross, which is the tool of execution of our Lord and our Savior, why would we hold on to it? Why would we glorify it? Why would it be our glory? Why would we use it? Why would it become our symbol? Why do we as a blessing and protection, make the sign of the cross. Why does the priest or the bishop in the service bless the people with the sign of the cross? Surely you don't do that. But you do. Because it was the vehicle that led to the resurrection. You know, all you need to do is go a little bit down the road and you go towards Buckingham Palace and there is a wonderful display there of beautiful carriages. The carriage that took the Queen to her coronation, the carriage that took the Queen to uh, various events, and so on and so forth. If you're, a, if you're a car buff, you know that there are cars that were in significant films that people like to go and see, or even try to own. 
right? What's the significance? They are vehicles that transported and became significant. The cross was a vehicle of that glory and of that victory. It is in that cross that we then saw victory. And the victory became so much more, not only evident, but effective. And so when we face persecution, it's no wonder that we have seen Christians for millennia now face persecution and difficulty and even death with such joy because death for them became a mere vehicle just as the cross was a mere vehicle. And that's why as Christians our view of hardship and temptation and struggle is very different. There is a misunderstanding sometimes of orthodoxy that you have to struggle and you have to be miserable and you have to live a tough life. You don't have to, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen that we are going to struggle. It's going to happen that we're going to have difficult times. It's going to happen that at times our lives will be tough because we are presenting something that is rejected. Something that is countercultural. Something that rubs way, way, way above the grain, against the grain of the world around us sometimes. Just as our Lord did. Our Lord presented truth and love. He lived that truth, even to the end. And that's why for us, that victory is so significant. When you face trouble and persecution, rejoice. You know, why did the early Christians, the early church, why did they go into the Colosseum praising God and worshipping? Why do we see Christians until today facing the incredible challenges they face while they're rejoicing and glorifying God? because they understand that that is not the end. The end is what comes from God himself, from his hand. And whatever is from God's hand is perfect and beautiful and strong and joyful. That's a message I try to live in my life. You know, you, we will have difficulties. We'll have difficulties, we'll have struggles. And because we have them, we sometimes lose hope. We sometimes feel that God has forgotten us. But in actual fact, he hasn't forgotten us at all. He's carrying us through it, and he's waiting to give us something so much better. I received a message this morning from one of these people that sends lovely messages and verses and sayings. And I think it was St. Augustine um, who said, when God looks like he isn't responding, it's because he's planning to give you something even better. Now, yes, I know this could be us being delusional Christians again, because that is the answer to everything. But there is an importance in patience. There is a reason for patience, and that is we need to wait and see 
the power of God. See his effectiveness and see how he changes the world. You and I need to be patient in our lives. You are never ever going to live a life that is a win all round. We're always going to have defeats. We're going to have difficulties. The proportion will vary. Some days will be very good, sometimes not so good. Some situations will be uplifting, others will bring us down. But our lives are more than just a collection of days. Our lives are more than just a collection of days. They are a journey. And we can't just look at points. We have to look at the whole journey. And rejoice in the journey. It is very, very true that when we look at the culmination of our journey, we see God's glory in the fullness of time. Now, what good was there for a Savior to be born in the manger? Or to live as the son of a carpenter? Or to be a, a, a Galilean? Or to lead a, 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 a ragtag group of men who were fishermen and tax collectors and a mishmash of people. Where is the glory in all of those? When you look at all of those points, you think they don't make any sense. But what did make sense was the fact that all of those points led to what our Lord wanted, and that was the cross. Yes, he did want the cross. Because he knew that through the cross, he would have a resurrection. And so for us, it's important to realize that that defeat will be on the cards. It will sometimes happen. That defeat will be there in front of us. And when we go back to St. Paul's uh, verse here, there is still death and there is still Hades. They weren't blown away and disappeared. They were still there, but they no longer had strength over us. So Satan still exists. There are powers that fight against us. There, are, there is a place other than God's kingdom that we could end up spending eternity. They don't disappear, but they no longer have authority over us. They no longer have power. We are no longer shackled. We are free. We're victorious. And this is why we remember the words of our Lord, that in me you will have joy, and that joy no one will take from you. He is the resurrection. He is the life. He is the victory, and above all, he is the Lord who was incarnate and came for us and appeared to have been conquered, but in that became our glory and our victory and our resurrection. And glory be to God forever.